Welcome to another episode of Low Expectations Podcast. I'm your host, Ty, um, and we are back with another episode. Let's just jump right in. Um, today, we are going with week eight picks, um, and then at the end, recap the Yankees season, the heartbreaking loss, and just kind of what's coming in the future for them, and an overall, an over. I'll look at that. So, yeah, let's just dive right in. Let's get going here with week eight picks. Four and two last week, improved to 25 and 18 on the season. Seven games over 500. Um, doing pretty good. Um, hopefully, we can get you another winning week here with six more picks. Um, so, let's just dive right in. First pick of the week the Seattle Seahawks minus three and a half at the Atlanta Falcons. The Atlanta Falcons are one and six. They have lost their last five games. We have picked against the Falcons um, four times this year. We're three and one. We've won our last three picks against the Falcons, and I'm just going to keep picking against the Falcons this year. Um, Dan Quinn is a sitting is a sitting duck. Um, he's waiting to get fired. That's at this point, who knows when that's going to happen. It might be at the end of the year, but that's coming. Um, Atlanta 29th in, in defense at DVOA. That defense just, I mean, the thing with Dan Quinn is you really can't um, fire your defensive coordinator and be a defensive coach and then never have your defense um, be good. So, I mean, that's just completely, they've completely just, it's is a lost year. They've completely fallen apart here. Um, and Seattle, you know, the loss to Baltimore last week, um, no better get back, no better get right game in the NFL than playing the Atlanta Falcons right now. Um, the card, the Texans, they put 50 up on them, the Rams, they were really struggling and then, and then they go in and just destroy them. It was never close. Um, the Cardinals, you know, they beat them like just everyone's beating this team right now. Matt Ryan um, left last week's game in a walking boot. I was surprised to see a line on this game, um, but there was, and we got it at Falc- at a Seahawks minus three and a half. That seems almost too easy, really. Uh, I don't see any way Atlanta keeps this close, except other than Seattle somehow plays close against everyone. They had a they only beat the Bengals by one. Um, but I, I really think coming off a loss, there's they're not going to be overlooking this game in a division and a conference where every game matters. You cannot sleepwalk or have any letdown games, and this is the perfect get right game for Russell Wilson and and the Seattle. I mean, he had his really first down game of the season, so I just see Seattle bouncing back in a big way and just kind of dominating the Falcons. Um, Seattle's defense isn't very good. I've been over this. I think there's still this kind of aura around Seattle and their defense. It's just straight up been average this year. Um, so I mean, so I mean, it's 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 nineteenth in defensive DVOA. But the good thing, the good part about Seattle's defense is they do have D line talent. So I could see Jadavion um, really just eating up all the um in this game against the Falcons. Um so Seattle minus three and a half is the first pick of the week. Second pick of the week is the 
Los Angeles Chargers plus four against the Chicago Bears. Um, both these teams are really, really um, struggling right now. Uh, th- this, this is. I expect this to be another slugfest. I, I couldn't, I couldn't believe the points that were scored in that Saints Bears game. I thought that'd be a slugfest. I mean, there was a lot of fourth quarter points, but I think they hit the over by like the. St- they were one point off the over at the end of the third quarter. So that, so that one was a bit higher scoring than I thought. But hey, we we got the we got the pick right. Um, and again, I but I, I especially think this one's going to be um, kind of a slugfest, um, low scoring game. Um, the Chargers they're on a three game losing streak right now, two and five. I mean, this team, it's so weird. They have, the, I like Rivers. They have a good quarterback. They have a good, they have good running backs. They have good receivers. They have good tight ends. The line's iffy. And, but it's like their offense isn't very good. But so I, the, the Bears defense, I'm sure can really um, keep their offense in it. But I, I just don't trust Trubisky against any defense right now. The, the No matter who the defense is, like, Unless it's a Dolphins or Bengals or Skins defense, like I don't, I don't trust him going up against the defense. He's just been, he's just been so bad this season, um, and it really last week. I mean, I don't want to be like body language guy. I'm really not that big into it, but that team just kind of was like, damn. Like I really think that's why the defense kind of started um, giving up more points later on in the game just because when you're going out there and you're just basically pounding your head into a wall and be like, well, we can hold the saints to 17 points and it might not matter just because our quarterback's not going to get there. He can't do anything. And in classic Trubisky fashion, he, he gets a ton of garbage time stats there at the end and they end up, the, the, the final stats end up looking a lot better than, it actually was, but I mean, when that game was over, um, he he was really really struggling, and his stats were terrible. And then he gets two garbage time touchdowns at the end to make it look a bit better. But um, it was thirty six ten, and and I would I wish I would know his stats by then because he got a ton of garbage time there. So he's he's awful. Um, the the Chargers, they really they obviously both almost both team seasons on the line right here. Now you could say the chargers season ended last week and um, I wouldn't totally disagree with that. Um, But still like this is a veteran team. I'm sure they still believe in their talent um, because it's weird. They have good players. That's always been the weirdest thing about, about the chargers. Um, so I just expect this to be a super um, low-scoring game. And in that scenario, I just want to take the points. Um, so we're rolling with Chargers plus four there. Um, next pick is the Philadelphia Eagles plus one and a half over the Bills. Um, it would have been interesting to see like a futures line on this, like what this line would have been um, in the week one or early or August or whatever, because 
I'm sure this would this would this has been a big swing here. Obviously, the Bills five and one now, second most wins in the AFC, um, and the Eagles are three and four, really really struggling, just just not playing well at all. Lost two straight now in just humiliating fashion. They go to Minnesota. They we've we've been on them both weeks. So I mean, they're just killing us this year. The Eagles. They lost that Falcons game earlier in the year. We had them both these last two weeks. Um, it, they, they're murdering us really. But I mean, if they don't win this one, if we lose this one, I will, I'll make a promise right now. I will not pick the Eagles again. If they lose this game. Um, I just, I, I don't know, man. I just can't quit this team yet. I, and maybe it, this is dumb and it's just like when they don't have it, they don't have it. And it sure looks like they don't have it this year. But we've seen this team respond. I thought it would be last week. Like they get smoked by Minnesota. Their coach guarantees a win. You know, I really thought that was going to be a classic kind of new era Eagles win where they pull it out at the end in some way, like they've done a lot, you know, in the Doug Peterson era. Um, but now this, this is a must win. Um, I still believe that the Eagles just have a ton of more talent than the than the um, Bills. Um, also, like the Eagles' secondary is downright atrocious right now. They can't stop anyone. They give up um, thirty eight to Cousins, and then they give up thirty seven um, to Dak in back to back weeks. I mean, they just cannot stop a soul right now on the defensive side of the ball. Um, they've given up 75 points in two weeks. But, hey, if there's a quarterback that you want to face with a struggling secondary, it's Josh Allen, right? This guy's still incredibly inaccurate. He has his moments, but he's he's so up and down. Last week he missed. Um, John Brown was literally running wide open by 15 yards, and he basically he might as well have thrown it out of the stadium. It wasn't even close to anyone. Um, he he still has moments like that. Seven touchdowns, seven picks, eighty rating, eighty point two rating on the year for Josh Allen. Um, just so meh. Eighty ratings, terrible. I mean, that's terrible. Um, even though I don't really buy into quarterback rating, but still, like that's that's bad. When it's low like that, you you should be concerned. Oh, Jesus, he had a 24. I mean, the, the, the his rating's mainly like that because he had a 24 rating against New England, to be fair. So if you took that out, it'd be much higher. But still, I, I just ultimately this is it's 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 the last time I'm I'm gonna roll with Philly if they burn me again. Um they desperately need this game sitting at three and four. Dallas on a bye this week. So they could be one and a half back. Now they still play again, so um in philly so they still have that so that's why if you can get this one only a half game back with another head-to-head matchup coming i expect this to be another low scoring game just because i will never trust josh allen against anyone especially a defense that has talent which the eagles definitely do especially in the front seven in the back the back end it's really it's really falling apart there for them we'll see if they do anything leading up to the trade deadline um, the over under for the Eagles Bills game, let's check it out right now. I bet it's low 43 and a half. So, yeah, I mean, the Chargers Bears that's in Chargers Bears range, Chargers Bears sitting at 41. So, um, 
yeah, I'm just rolling with the Eagles one more time because they hey they were my Super Bowl pick. I think even even when they were three and two, I said hey they'd probably still be my pick to win the NFC. I'm just not gonna completely bow out on them yet. But if they lose this game, I'm out. So one more chance here, Eagles. Eagles plus one and a half is the third pick. Moving on, um, the uh, to the Los Angeles Rams minus thirteen first to Cincinnati Bengals. Um, we saw the we saw the Rams play a bad team last week in Atlanta, and they just completely destroyed them. Um, 37-10. Never was a game. <laughs> I mean, the so I, again, I just think they've we they just showed me that they can beat a bad team. Now they go back home, thirteen point favorites, thirteen and a half. Wherever you look, I, I, the Bengals. I mean, they they're just. Guys, they're like Dolphins level bad here. They they don't they're 0 and 7. Um they seem to get killed by everyone. Jags minus three and a half was one of our picks last week. Um they just the Bengals they're they're terrible. I mean, they're they're really truly the one the either the first or second worst team in the league. Um their their games have been closer than Miami, but now with Fitzpatrick in, like they play each other. The Dolphins and Bengals play each other. That people hyped up the Washington Miami game as this tank fest, but it's going to be that that Dolphins Bengals game really that I think will decide the first pick. And whoever loses that game, I think is going to go zero and sixteen. That game's week sixteen, um, December twenty second. So. Um, I just I we've seen the Rams, we've seen the Rams blow out a bad team just last week. The Rams, like I was saying with Seattle, I mean, when you're in this NFC race and that division race, especially with the Niners at six and zero, you have Seattle at five and two, and now the Rams at four and three. You can't drop games that you should win. You just can't do it, and. This is a game they got to take care of business in. I expect them to. I don't think it's going to be close. I think the Bengals, you know, they're just really, it's kind of like Atlanta. They're done. This is a lost season for them. Bengals, I, I expect them to hit the reset button next year. I don't, you know, we'll see what they do with their coach, um, Zach Taylor. Um, it's so hard to judge him to see what caliber of coach he actually is from the McVay tree here. But, um, so I'll, we'll see what they do with him. I I would be shocked if I mean they got to give him another chance, right? They kept Marvin Lewis for thousands of years. Um, no way he was ever going to have a successful first season just with the injuries they've had to st- their stars like AJ Green. Um, let's free him, by the way. Let's 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 get him off that team and onto a cont- contender. Um, and so there's no way to truly evaluate Taylor and but Dalton, I definitely think he'll be on a different team. They're gonna draft a quarterback high. Um, and they'll they'll totally hit the reset button here. Lost season, Rams roll at home. I, I really I think this one here's the thing, man. Like I talked about it with Miami, I think early in the season. It's like these lines are gonna be astronomically high i mean 13 and a half you know that's common we see that when there's a good team playing a bad team at home but um like there's there's no reason to be afraid of these big lines when it's miami when it's cincy when it's washington 
Like there's just no reason to be afraid of those big lines because when it's 14 to zero in five minutes into the game, like, like you're not going to, you're just, you'll be fine. Like it'll be fine. So Rams minus 13, some places it's 13 and a half, but um, we're rolling with, so the side I use has it at 13. So we got Rams minus 13. Um, Next pick is the New York Giants and Danny Dimes plus seven at the Detroit Lions. Now, I think the Detroit Lions will win this game. I think the Lions are a good, are a solid team, an above average team, right? Um, But they've had three just heartbreaking losses in a row. They, They lose that game barely to the Chiefs. Then they you know, barely lose that game to Green Bay the next week. And then they lose another division game to Minnesota, which they lose by 12. But that game was that game was close the whole way. It's just it's just becoming one of those. It's like it's it's becoming one of those seasons for the Lions where you you, they can easily look back on it and just be like, man, we were so close. We we're so close to only having one loss here. You know, if a call goes our other way against Green Bay, it's not the ref's fault. You lost that game. But um, a call goes one way that a, a different way against Green Bay and we get the stop against Mahomes on that last drive or hell they fumbled at the one and the chiefs returned it for a 99 yard touchdown in that game, going way back to that game. And we could easily be sitting here or, and we don't blow the Arizona game and tie that game. Like they're so close to be having a much, much better record, but those type of losses can really wear on a team. And I think now they could definitely win this game. I think they will win this game, but seven's a lot. Uh, I like getting the points there. I think, that always leaves you open for getting a backdoor cover or something like that. And also they traded, they created, they, they traded Quandre Diggs. Um, now Quandre Diggs, I think, you know, I think he's a solid player. I think to fans, it was like, whatever, like most fans probably didn't even notice or just like scrolled right past that news. But there was a lot of Lions players. I saw like three or maybe more um, just tweet about, they couldn't believe that, you know, they lost one of their guys like that. They they were really, really upset by that trade. Um, and that can go one of two ways. They can either come out and be like, you know, we're going to we're going to just be like, you know, fuck the front office and we're just going to play for ourselves. But that can also backfire like that and losing those type of games three uh they came off a bye so in the last month they lost those three games chiefs packers and then vikings and then maybe and then maybe possibly having a divide within the team um or even just between the team and the coaches in the front office um that can cause a lot of problems just getting the points here this is one of my favorite picks i just i think they could maybe sneak this out maybe stafford gets a game winning drive like i've said this is the third time now. I think they can win the game, but the Giants getting seven here, um, I think, is the way to go. Um, so Giants plus seven is the fifth pick, and then the final pick is the Houston Texans minus six and a half against the Oakland Raiders. The Raiders, you know, they're much better than I thought they were. That game last week really kind of got away from them um, between Carr getting the touchback and then just Rogers just having a vintage unbelievable performance perfect passer rating six total touchdowns over 400 yards like he was just locked in from the start they had no chance of ever stopping him um so that game just kind of got away from them 
Um, they're a better team than I thought, but let's let's just take a look at the Raiders' schedule. So they started out with two home games, first Denver and first the Chiefs. They split that, but since then they since then it's just they were at Minnesota, they were at Indianapolis. It says first Chicago, but think back that game was in London. Then they had a bye, and they were at Green Bay, and now they're at Houston. So they've been on the road for they haven't played at home since September fifteenth. That's brutal. That's just so brutal. That's 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 got to be the hardest schedule in the league, um, and so they haven't been at home since September fifteenth. And you mix in a London game. Brutal, brutal schedule. Um, we saw what a great quarterback can do to this defense. Just completely torch them and burned them down. I think Deshaun can do that this week, um, where they just completely torch this defense. Um, and really have a get-right game after the Colts lost. Not that they need a get-right game. They're playing well. They, they easily could have won that game, um, especially maybe, hey, if that Deshaun touchdown doesn't get blown dead. Um, and I just think at home, we've seen the Texans put up big points at home against bad defenses, which, I mean, hey, this Raiders defense is better than what I thought, but I think we can all agree, like, this isn't anything, any, this defense isn't, anything special um they have a ton of weapons houston um i just really really think this is a game where deshaun has like 45 fantasy points or something like that um let's see where oakland ranks defensively this is just standard because the dvoa site has crashed right now which not great 22nd so they're 22nd in defense like um i really think um, that Deshaun just torches this defense. They they'll win by more than a touchdown. Getting it at six and a half is perfect. You, you're, um, I think they can definitely win this by more than a touchdown. Um, and yeah, so I, I think Houston minus six and a half is is the play for that. So just to recap, the six picks for the week are the Seattle Seahawks minus three and a half at the Atlanta Falcons. The Los Angeles Chargers plus four at the Chicago Bears. The Philadelphia Eagles plus one and a half at the Bills. So three road games. Um, the Los Angeles Rams minus 13 first the, the Bengals. Um, the New York Giants plus seven at the Detroit Lions. And the Houston Texans minus six and a half first the Oakland Raiders. We had all six road teams last week and went four and two. Um yeah, I mean that's here's the thing. The road teams are on fire this year. Like I don't have the numbers in front of me, but they are great against the spread and they're even great straight up. Like road teams just really are doing well this year. I'm sure that'll change. But hey, again, we're with we're with more road teams than home teams here with four um and then two home teams. So yeah, that's that's the picks for the week. We are 25 and 18 on the year. Uh hopefully we can have another winning week. So, yeah, let's transition here to the New York Yankees, whose season ended on Saturday in truly devastating and heartbreaking fashion. Um, they get down 3-0 on a on a Yuli Gurriel home run, a pitch that I just have really no idea how he hit out. Um, it's always funny to me when people complain about, you know, the short porch in Yankee Stadium. Um, it's like... 
the shit they have going on in Houston is terrible. Like just as bad. Like the de- the design of that field is is um embarrassing. I mean, it used to even be worse when they had a hill in center field. Like that stadium is bad. I really think. I'm not trying to sound salty, but it just is. Like you have the boxes and left, which it's like sure get jammed and just fucking hit it out um and then right's not that deep either and then center field is like you gotta completely hit a tank shot um and then like right center and left center is in crazy deep too so it's just a weird design but whatever he hits it out both teams play on it i'm you know we we have the short porch in yankee stadium so um he he gets some somehow he just hits that ball out um so the Yankees are immediately in a hole. That was exactly what I was worried about. Um, Chad Green, you know, he had a he had an up and down season. Started the season terribly. Got sent down, um, and that kind of just shows the failure of Cashman in my in Cashman of this season, in, in my opinion. Where it's just like a guy, and now he got it together, and he was great, and he was great at, towards the end of the season, and he really got it going, but a guy that was sent down um, early in the season is now starting game six of the ALCS. Now I know it's the opener and everything that goes into that, but still like when you look at it from that perspective, you're like, you really couldn't go get a, you really couldn't go get a starter. You wouldn't trade Flory. You wouldn't trade Florial. Um, you wouldn't trade Tyro which fine, like if you have plans for him this year with whatever happens with Didi, fine. Um, and you wouldn't trade Clint, who you guys have to hate at this point. Um, and ne- neither neither three of those people were on the playoff roster. And a guy that was sent down starts game six. And I mean, so from that perspective, it was just, I mean, that's frustrating as a fan. Um but hey, like I said, Chad Green had got it going. I felt good with him in the game. Um, so it's three zero. So the Yankees are they're immediately in a hole. They fight back. Gary RBI, um, Geo home run three two. Uh, Astros tack one on. It's four two. But the Yan- this was a great baseball game. Like if I just took my Yankees hat off, I'm literally wearing a Yankees hat right now. So if I literally just took off the homer hat and looked at it from a pure baseball fan perspective. That was a fantastic game. One of the best games I've ever seen played, like just two Titans going at it. Um, and DJ does what DJ does, man. I mean, he comes through in the ninth with, if they would have won that game and went on to win the series with one of the most iconic home runs in Yankees history. I mean, think about that guys. Like that would have went down as just like this all-time home run in Yankees history, the the team with the greatest history in in the game, you know, maybe in all of sports. And it just hits it out to right. I mean, like <laughs> it was like amazing. Like uh, it's a moment I'll never forget. And now it's just um, has an asterisk next to it because of what happened in the bottom half of that inning. But he hits the ball to right. And the ball's in the air, and you know it has a chance. And I'm watching it. We have a bunch of Yankees fans. I'm watching it. And literally, um, one of my homies jumps on the ground 
and is like waiting for, and we're all just waiting and just like agony waiting to see and then you know reddick's drifting back and he jumps and it just goes out and amazing amazing like just incredible incredible moment where after that it's like we're really really good we're doing this man we're doing this you know you you have that type of attitude um chapman comes on in the ninth and he just mows down the first two guys and just completely mows them down and you're like oh yeah yeah he's gonna get out of this with a with a minimum with a minimum pitches too like not many pitches so he's gonna be able to pitch the 10th too like this is great really looking really feeling good he loses springer um and it's weird with chapman it's almost like you can know it's like oh my god he just lost his own it's like it happened so quickly and it's just like i remember i said and i was just like dude he just lost his own like this is bad like now here comes here comes altuve like you just walked springer and now here comes altuve the guy that's on fire this series killed us in 17 and here he comes with a chance to go to the world series and just um just an absolute tank shot like no doubter like it wasn't like the DJ one where you could even trick yourself for a second that it might be caught. Like Gardner did the half fake just because I don't want to just be just out of respect for the pitcher. I'm not just going to not, I'm just going to not run in. I'm going to do the half fake turnaround and like half walk uh, slash jog out to center, you know, where it was just a moonshot. Um, they win devastating devastating um you know props to them they were the better team um and it's tough it's a tough one to swallow i mean that was one of the worst losses i've ever had as a sports fan and i'm not expecting anyone to feel bad for yankees fans because we're spoiled we're spoiled we're entitled like i'm never not going to say that we are it's just true we expect nothing less than championships and anytime it's less than that it's a failure and so this last decade has been a failure like it's just it's been a failure um and just going forward cole's a free agent this year this winter um you know rendon's a free agent so you have two big stars as free agents on the two teams in the world series nats up 2-0 as time recording um and man it just seems like the nats here on a side note like the, the, crazy man the year after they lose their franchise guy and i don't like the bryce takes like bryce is on a hall of fame pace like he's gonna be in the hall of fame <laughs> and he's a great player and he's put up incredible numbers every year he was there um that's just how baseball works sometimes it's only one one player can only do so much um so that 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 stuff's lazy it's stupid um but it's just crazy like the the narrative and what's actually happening is insane but back to the yankees like we'll see what they do with cole like i'm not gonna sit here and be a zombie and act like oh they're gonna sign cole they're gonna sign rendon like because after last offseason i mean why would i expect that the the judge they're probably going to extend judge soon. I wouldn't be surprised if that's this off season. Glaber, the extension for Glaber is probably coming next off season. 
if at you know and gary's coming up um and let me just defend gary sanchez right now he's gonna he's all of Famer too like the stuff gary does as a catcher i know he had a terrible playoffs but he's my guy like this the stuff he does as a catcher is stuff that we've literally never seen before he's on a hall of fame pace like he had a bad playoffs it happens like that's the thing with baseball is you can have a bad two weeks in the regular season and no one cares and gary is gary's always been streaky remember when gary came up in 2016 and he just lights the world on fire um like he's always streaky like gary could not hit for a month and you don't blink an eye in the regular season because you know he's going to get going eventually um and then he goes on tears that you're just like oh my god he's the best hitter in baseball like that's just the type of player gary is and that's always what it's going to be but still you're getting that type of power out of the catcher position i mean just please just stop the gary nonsense he's he's an amazing talent um so so yeah i mean i don't i'm not gonna i don't know if i i think that uh they'll probably be in on cole um how can you not be uh game one was his first loss or since may or something like he's been incredible um and that could single-handedly swing a potential yankees astros rematch next year um but i'm not gonna i i don't know like i'm not i am losing faith in the front office and again i'm sure this sounds spoiled as hell because they just won 103 and made the alcs again this is just from a Yankees fan's eyes. So just realize that we, we want championships and anything less than that is a failure. Just so, I, I mean, I would imagine that they'd say getting all these guys healthy is their acquisitions. Like I would not be shocked if that's what they did. And they just rolled back the same team and hoped for a different outcome. And Hey, they might get one because baseball is weird. And if Cole signed with a different team, like, the Dodgers or the Angels or, you know, the normal suspects to hand out a big deal. Um, hey, that might be enough to get the Yankees into the World Series. But um, I hope they're aggressive, but I'm not sitting here holding my breath about it. Um, a lot of interesting stuff. What are they going to do with Greg Bird? I'm not holding my breath on that. I think you have Voight there at first next year. Um, and DJ platoons everywhere. That's, that's what I would imagine. Um, or I wouldn't even be shocked if I would not. So I, I, I mean, bird, people talk about bird just because he had one moment. He came out. He was like, like people would always talk about how Greg bird is like the best hit when the Yankees organization was Gary judge bird. Um, they would talk about how bird is the best hitter of them all. And, but, uh, really, I mean, I don't see, obviously that turned out not to be true. Um, and I'm not expecting anything from him, like nothing at all. But I just see him mentioned on Yankees Twitter. It's like, come on, guys, get real. There's no chance. Just because he had one home run in 17 against Andrew Miller in the playoffs. Like, it's not happening for him. Um, I think Voight will be the first baseman. And then the int the most interesting thing to me is, are they going to cough up the money for Didi? Uh, Didi had a very weird end-of-the-year press conference where he was – Didi's usually a happy-go-lucky, you know, super nice, super respectful guy, like when in interviews. 
he was, I mean, now their season just ended. You always got, like, I never care. Like, I didn't care when Cam was like that in the press conference in the Super Bowl. It's like, he just lost the Super Bowl. They just lost the ALCS in that way. Like, I don't even, I can't even, like, if, if you would have interviewed me just being a fan, I would have been a complete dick. Like, so I can't, I can't even imagine what it's like to just have these guys ask you questions about your future and with the team and what went wrong and what you did wrong just after your season ended that way. Like I, I couldn't even imagine. So I don't blame DD one bit, but that was really out of character for him. Um, it'll be interesting to see if they cough up the money for him and pay him. He's going to want a big deal. Uh, I think his, I think if he would have took the extension last year, he would have got more money. Like I think he probably, he, he probably would have, he probably lost money this year. Um, he didn't play well. He really struggled in the ALCS. Um, played well against the Twins. Didi just owns the Twins. I, just gun to my head, I don't think they pay him. I don't think they do. Um, and my hope would be because I love Didi. I do. Like I've I've grown attached to Didi. Um, is that if they don't use the money on Didi, then they pay Cole. Um, but I, again, I'm not holding my breath but i i think they'll let dd walk they've talked constantly about how glaber's the shortstop of the future glaber's the shortstop of the future um and so i'd imagine void at first dj at second glaber at short and then third is another i mean there's a lot of question marks for a team that just won 103 and they're not all bad because it's like you either have glaber torres who's a stud 22 year old be your shortstop who gets lazy in the field quickly um Glaber reminds me of Robbie Cano so much. I've mentioned it on Twitter, but um, like he just reminds me so much of him just because of how how gifted he is as a fielder. Like he'll make the most the toughest plays make them look routine, and he'll look look lackadaisical doing it. It's like, geez, man, wow. But then he'll make he'll he'll make some errors just because of kind of how lackadaisical he is in the field. Like that's just how it is with Glaber. Um, he reminds me of Cano in that way, but uh, then you you move a lot of a lot of question marks, and because you move to third, and and this isn't bad. Like either way, you either get Miguel Andujar, who was second in Rookie of the Year, um, when he was a rookie, and played great and one of his most reliable bats in the lineup, or Gio Urshela, who was good all year and has a Gold Glove has a it plays a gold glove third and and um you know worse at the at the at the plate than Andujar but miles better than him in the field um because Andujar from what he even showed this year in limited time it didn't look like his defensive issues were fixed he still throws with a hitch um and he just sidearms every ball like he's not a good defender I don't think he ever will be so It'll be interesting because then it's like, what are you going to do with the DH? Well, you can you can still I'm sure they'll still both play. Like my opinion, I think Andujar is going to be the third baseman. Um, I, I just I really believe that. I think the Yankees have shown they care more about offense than defense. Andujar is special with the bat. Gio's still going to be on the team, I'd imagine, just because he had a great season. And Gio's still going to get time. Like when when Andujar. DHs like these stuff tend to work themselves out. So I'm sure you, a lot of the times you'll see both of them in the lineup as do as a DH and then Gio as, as the third baseman. 
um, when the inevitable judge or Stanton injury happens and the DH isn't open anymore for Stanton mainly because, but then if judge got hurt, like Stanton would have to go out in the field. Um, so yeah, I'm sure they're both going to play, but opening day, if everything's right and they don't have a thousand injuries in spring training, like they did this past year, I would expect and do hard to be the third baseman. That'd just be my, these are all just gut calls. Like these are just, um, guesses but i mean that's what i would expect you move to the outfield hicks announced today tommy john so he's missing the whole year i would bet that it just guarantees gardner back like that just if it wasn't already a lock that gardner is going to be back it is now um who did not have a good playoffs gardner did not play well um but he'll he's useful in the regular season i would prefer him as a fourth outfielder so hopefully clint can finally get it together but also they hate Clint. Like, that's not even a secret, guys. The Yankees organization does not like Clint Frazier. But I, I mean, I think he's going to be on the team now. I mean, this Hicks injury really messes a lot of things up. Because, um, I mean, you could if Hicks was healthy, you could keep Gardner, trade Clint for a pitcher or whatever, or you could let Gardner go and have Clint be the fourth outfielder. Clint's defense is still a disaster. It's a mess. He's a mess out there. Um, and left, if he played left, like left is a tough position to play in, in Yankee stadium, Giancarlo, he's going to DH play in the outfield judge is your right fielder, obviously for next year, hopefully Seve. hopefully there's no, no more issues with Seve. He can just hit the ground running next year. Such a weird year from him. The Achilles for Matanzas ended up being a massive, massive injury because, Adam Ottavino completely fell apart in the playoffs. Like, um, I felt bad for him at times. Like, it's just like, man, he just can't even get anybody out. He was terrible, um, despite being special for a th two thirds of the season. He just towards the end of the year just fell apart. Hopefully, he can get it back going. Chapman can opt out. Like, there's a lot of question marks. It's going to be an interesting offseason, especially when you factor in the Cole stuff and, um, because Chapman can opt out, might have to re-sign him. Batances is a free agent. Again, he lost money. He didn't. Play, he played. He pitched in two games and tore his Achilles. Not going to play next year. Like, and if he is, it'll be exactly like this year, where they'd be trying to get him back into the playoffs for the playoffs. Um, so a lot of question marks, but. Disappointing end of the season, a lot of question marks, but still, this is on the bright side. This is a team that has, I mean, these a lot of these question marks are are good. You know, you have a lot of talent on this roster still. They're loaded, um, miles ahead of any other ALEs team. I mean, you want to talk about question marks, Boston is probably going to trade Mookie Betts here in like three weeks or a month or whenever it happens. But I really think it's going to happen. Um so they still should feel good about where they are just as a I'm surefire playoff team. Like they're gonna be massive favorite. And baseball's random as shit and the Rays always find ways to manufacture wins and and all that. But um they're gonna be massive favorites in this division next year. Second best team in the AL, I think, again, going into the season. We'll see. I mean, if they added Cole, then all of a sudden that swings the Houston series, right? Even if Cole leaves, all of a sudden I think these teams are they weren't even before. They're dead even now. Um, 
and hopefully next year we have a better year just health-wise. But, I mean, look, I mean, these injuries are just going to happen too, and they're deep enough to withstand them, so hopefully they're just not as serious. But losing Hicks sucks. Um, but, yeah, I mean, go Yanks. Like, this is a team that still has a bright future. You worry because – you can keep saying bright future. You can see, keep saying loaded roster. You can keep, you've won 203 games in back-to-back years. But to Yankee fans, again, like I love when like Padre fans are like, well, uh, so spoiled. It's like, yeah, I mean, yeah, we are. So what? We admit it. We're entitled. We're spoiled. We only want championships. We're not like you guys and would throw a parade. I'm not to pick on the Padres. Like I like, I love San Diego. San Diego's awesome awesome city so not to pick on them but just like any other team it's like we're not like teams that just hang banners for anything less than titles so uh, 203 wins in back-to-backs in two seasons and zero basically zero to show for it um embarrassed by boston in 18 heartbreaking in houston in 19 heartbreaking houston in 17 so yeah tough tough um and yeah, that's it. That's it. I think that's going to do it for another episode of Low Expectations Podcast. I've been your host, Ty. Um, shout out to our sponsor of today's episode, Anchor. Um, Anchor is the best way to start or listen to a podcast. When I started this podcast, I had a lot of questions. Where do I record my podcast? How do I get my podcast on all the platforms? Um, how do I post my podcast? How do I get people to listen to my podcast? all those questions and anchor helped me walk through all those questions. It's the easiest way to post record everything. It walks you through every step. Every step helps you get them on each platform. Um, so we thank them for sponsoring the show. We are also on iTunes. So if you can swing by and give us a five-star rating, um, and if you want to leave a review on what you think of the show, um, Hey, that's, that'd that'd be really appreciated too. That helps us really kind of grow what we have going on here. So that's going to do it for another episode of Low Expectations Podcast. Peace.